In the wake of a long and terrible war, our story awakens. With a future that is challenged by evil forces and tempered by powerful magic, a world struggles to find its destiny. A destiny which you now find yourself a part of, as the prophecy has foretold. These are the savage tales of Eberron. Now, settle in and prepare yourself for the thrilling adventures of our brave crew as they seek to make their own fate on this week's episode of Mourners of Lazar. Good evening, everybody. I'm Kevin, and I'll be playing Ruskell. I'm Michael with Torlin. Hello, I'm Ernesto here playing Truco. And I'm Ellie playing Dana Irlazani. Welcome to Savage Tales Eberron, Mourners of Lazar campaign. I'm Dungeon Master Philip. Thank you for joining us. And for tonight's background question, choose one of your flaws or hindrances and describe how you came about that hindrance and why you might be holding on to it. This is this is a tough one for me because I've always been this way since I was a kid. Maybe it's growing up without a, a father figure, but long as I can remember, I was always picking fights with people that was bigger, smarter, stronger than me. It's something that my mentor later would sell them as a positive, but <laughs> sovereigns did it get me in trouble as a kid. But the other part of that is as a state wizard, part of our training is mnemonics and mantra. Helps us to memorize spells. And it's also low-level indoctrination. It's like pre-battle war chants, marching songs, pledges of allegiance. Every nation does it. And most mantras, they're Things like asking for clear skies, clear head. But there was one mantra that we chanted when things were bad. It's the Zorawai mantra. It's the mantra that you chant when you want to give in to your inner fury. It's it's a bitter, angry mantra. One you invoke when you want to spit in death's face and grab as many people with you on the way. Now, on the day of morning, or really the dawn of, I was sent up from Ready Saddle to intercept a group of Carnathi air raiders flanking around from the side, away from the forward assault, and it was just me and my wingman. The reserve raptors were already in the air and tangled up in a furball, but we were outnumbered and overmatched. So my wingman and I, we recited the Zorawai mantra before going up. I'm not a... a psychoanalyst and I sure is is Kyber not truly that superstitious but maybe there's something to that that I'm just bitter that I survived when I don't think I should have because see there's a there's a difference every time you go up you think this might be my last but when you chant the Sorzai mantra you think it will and there's a, a mental difference there and maybe part of me thinks that I'm owed that defeat that I never got. Or maybe it's just that I've had that taste of defeat a few times and I just find it addicting. I don't really know. For our listeners, what, what hindrance is that? That is the <laughs> quirk hindrance, specifically the defeatist is the way that we've flavored that. That's, 
Cool. Thank That's you. It's really cool. Yeah. So you want to hear about the vow that I swore to to Dana's great grandfather? Well, I'll tell it to you, even though it's not one that I like to tell. It was the start of the war. It was a critical operation we were assigned to during the blockade of Arrow Dusk, the tail end of the event, really. We were to sabotage a harbor in which were stationed for resupply several Thronish vessels. Jorn and I each, at this point, we were staff sergeants amongst the British Mariners and commanding a squad each of six to ten soldiers and well several hours into the operation and something had gone awry i cannot recall the details amongst all the chaos and the fire and the smoke i can remember the the wavering voice of young hersham leading with jorn and i what to do now the lieutenant was dead the sixth squad was in pieces I remember making a decision. I remember costing the lives of my men. I don't know what happened after that or what the decision was in retrospect. In place of it now, a void of recollection. I recall being brought back to consciousness by Joran's field medicine and watching him mustering our remaining six men with Alast Mary. We completed the action cost of the rest of them, the cost of Joran. And there in his death throes, he pleaded with me to make something of their loss, and to take that something and use it to take care of his family. And so I took credit for Joran's bravery, and gained a captainship. There were songs written about the day, but Joran remained unnamed in them. The hindrance? Oh, it's that's a vow. It's a vow. A vow. Right. Well, terms of hindrances, it's something that also, to some extent, is difficult to translate into a specific moment in time. It has more to do with a lifestyle, a way of perceiving the world, a way of just understanding how how people move and how you move between those people. And Truco did start life in a quite precarious situation and continued to do so for most of his life. I didn't have much chance to think of my future. I was just pursuing the now and pursuing the survival. I'm pursuing to just get to eat, get to sleep, get to just not get caught by guards, not get caught by people uh, that I steal from because I wanted to eat and to sleep. So in that case, it's quite difficult to think of uh, tomorrow. It's difficult to have a notion of stability. It's difficult to have a notion of gathering wealth, if you will, to that route as well. So it's easy to think that there is not a good understanding on how to maintain one's wealth or how to maintain one's material possessions. There is also maybe not a much notion of that as well. Maybe some, there is some prestigious in having material wealth, but it's what is the case if you don't use it, right? And if you don't use it in between the 24 hours in which you got it, that's a particular nice feeling that it gives you. So I, I recognize that I need to get better at it. And 
I wish to get better at it. And I then I realized that I don't, and I keep not doing it, and I, that frustrates me, and then that makes me anxious, and that makes me waste more, and waste more. And that's a never-ending cycle, of which I'm not proud of. But here I am nevertheless, and that's my hindrance, poverty. Well, Truco, I know we're all shaped by where we come from, but I think you'll get where you're going. You've all probably noticed that I live by a very particular set of standards for myself, and those are things that I'm just not going to budge on. I'm always going to do my best to defend the weak. I'm always going to do my best to take down the cruel, and I'm always going to respect the dignity of others no matter what side of the fence they're on. Now, growing up, growing up in Pine Watch is just this tiny little village on the Brelish border and uh, on the Siren side, of course. And divisions just, they just didn't... Look, when you've only got two dozen neighbors on a good year, everyone's everyone works together. You know, yeah, you've got your, your closer friends and your less close friends, but there's no point in splitting battle lines if everyone wants to have a good harvest, a good winter, a good planting season. Your your neighbors are your neighbors, and that's that. You treat everyone right, and they treat you right. And my, you know, my father raised me right, but this was just not something I ever thought of. It was just the only way to live. And and after he died, and Dorlin begged me not to go to Metril, and I went anyways. And I uh, found myself with the house Denneth eighty fifth. That was when I learned that. There are a lot of people in this world who will be very particular about who they do and don't stand up for just for the hell of it. And that there were two sides to those coins. On the one side was our captain, Captain Halloran Denneth. That's right, just Denneth. No dragon mark, and he was just an angry, selfish man who did his best to let everyone beneath him know that even without a dragon mark, they were beneath him. You know, he he's always making snide remarks to troops and officers alike. He was he always kept himself isolated from us unless he really had to, you know, just made a runner go back and forth to get people as needed. We weren't even worth talking to, even though he was officially in command. On the other side of the coin, you had Mazzello, who was noble-born, not into a house, but noble-born. And, well, he believed in treating everyone right, in treating everyone with dignity, in taking care of the people who need taken care of and taking down the ones who need taken down. And he lived that not just not just on the front, but before he even got there. His, his parents had wanted to to send a warforge to the front in his place. You know, they had the money. And back then, well, back then, a lot of people didn't quite understand that warforged weren't just machines, but Maz saw something about it, about him. He knew, he knew it wasn't right. He said, no, he was going to go. He wasn't going to, he wasn't going to violate the dignity of another person by making them fight his, his war for him. And... It was never something I gave much thought to before I went to Metril. But after 
everything that happened on the front and everything I saw lived out on both sides of the coin, well, I need to honor his memory and I can't think of a better way to do it. Nice. Thank you, everyone. And I believe for tonight, Torlin has our recap for last week. Yep, sure do. Well, we finish up dealing with Legras. The decision's made not to throw her overboard, for better or for worse. And the storm hits us. It's us bad. And we wind up washed ashore on a godforsaken rock. And so the crew goes and does a damage report. Orders of Captain Dana, newly christened. Couldn't be prouder. And we do an assessment, and it turns out that Moira of... Not Moira. Let's see. Sandara and Scrimshaw, the two probably least deserve it, have been... are missing from the headcount. There's a slime trail from those Grindylows. Treacherous beasts towards the starboard, and... Seems like just Sandar's holy symbol to Arroway is left behind. So a search party is organized, and the four of us head off along with the one we can least trust, Slippery Sill. Is that right? I think so. We head to the island. We go to high ground first, where we get a view. There's a bit of a saddle, a bit of a jungle. There's a fishing village. Apparently abandoned, there's some fields that look overgrown, but once tilled. There's a signal fire above the rock, and opposite on the island, a substantial ridge extending into the horizon. So we make a plan that we're going to circumvent the island and try to look for signs of where these Grindylows might have stashed up. Signs for the missing foe as well. Scourge is also unaccounted for, and that's where we are. Thank you, Torlin. And for Truco's benefits on this map, you know, up around here yes. on the north end of the island is where the Griffin uh, wreckage, yes, came up. Party sailed in right around here, climbed up to this rock face, which is where they found the signal fire. Right. Noticing a village over here that seemed to be uh, an old fishing village. It seemed to be abandoned from what they could tell. But from that vantage point, they could also see this ridge along here that there's some sort of wooden palisade up here. There seems to be a field, well overgrown field down here on the beach line. There was a colored tent somewhere up in here. Uh, the group tent. did decide okay. to land here and that's where we ended things. So that's to orient you to what's seen on the island and everything. I just right. want to clarify one thing, though it's not relevant at the exact moment to being on the island, that uh, Scourge, we, we're not even looking for him anymore. As far as we all believe, he has he is not on board the ship anymore. It, I don't know if he jumped overboard or what happened to him, but we all critically failed our notice rolls to search the ship. So as far as we, as far as any of us are firmly convinced, Scourge is not on board the Griffin anymore. All right. Good to know. So Truco is not going to question that, at least in a firmly manner. But if, yeah, you you see if you see him out here, you know, sticking with the pointy end. <laughs> oh, 
that have that for a certainty, my friend. So yeah, that's the status. You, you, you're in the rowboat, you kind of sail over, land on not the full beach of the area, but it's it's easy enough to uh, land here where this a little river comes out. It's very brackish and salty water that's coming out. And what are you intending on doing? Where you, where y'all headed? What what's our initial plan here? Uh, oh, real quick, because I I do want to get better at like sharing images with you guys. So I may throw up, take you to different scenes, whether there's going to be fights going on to keep you more visually engaged. Here, finally, have an image of what a Grindylo looks like. Oh, I love that picture. Oh, they much more tasty. A much more visceral. Oh yes, that that was the other thing. I don't just I don't just have a strict code of honor. I also uh, firmly in my first act as captain put my foot down that on the ship we do not eat our sapient enemies. Don't let Torlin tell you otherwise. Well, here's the thing: is he never actually said that to me in character. <laughs> All out of character, as far as I know. <laughs> Doesn't count. Here's a little image to help. Yeah, on the tropical and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's this is not the first time we 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 put foot on uh, on uh, land because we did that before, right? On the north, the north side of the island, or this is the first time we yes we put foot. Took went on the north side of the island, climbed up the fist. Right. Torlin in particular, if I remember correctly, had a really good view of the stuff down south here. From there, got back in the boat sailed back around and came over here. All right. Figured it'd be faster than wading through the swamp. Yeah, all this is clearly very, very overgrown, jungly and swampy. There are some jungle trees along the coast coming up towards the ridge. Uh, A lot of palm trees and everything. So let's get things straight. The plan is to go through the jungle on this path, and we're going to keep an eye out for boar and all of those good sorts of things. Bananas, maybe. It's a jungle. And... That way, we'll we won't have to eat old uh, Chronix goulash when we get back. You don't want to know what he put in there, possibly. I oh. definitely don't. Question: Do we need wood, wood as well, to repair the ship? We, we might have to. We're going to be some able trees. to make do by borrowing from other parts of parts of the ship. We certainly All don't right. have the tools to be to be making fresh planks. All right. All right. Seems, seems reasonable. Uh, I was we, thinking we'd be heading south. I don't know what destination we would have up in the, the swamps there, but we have this wooden palisade. Might have some more clues in it. Yeah, seeing as how there's an actual path leading up there, well, someone made it. Might as well follow. Well, from the beach here, you can't tell the path much. It is incredibly overgrown and very, very faint. I was able to see the path to the palisade from the outcropping. Yeah, it was very faint. I mean, all that it's, I know it's is not that... like a very clearly delineated path through the brush. Okay. These kinds of switchbacks—they're easily visible from up above, but once you look at them from down below, you kind of—you gotta find them again. Once we yeah, find the start, is... it'll be easy. When there is a palace, there is a clueless rich people that can be easily steal from. So, I am with Rascal in that regard. We no, may no true be heading south. palisade. Oh right, sorry. That's I didn't so correctly that Keep your eye out for a crystal glass shoe, perhaps. That it's it's starting to look like whoever was here ain't 
no more. And if they are, then they're not exactly in maintain the land condition. All right, we start our, our way heading down towards the south. Stop by the fields and go and try and find the palisade, yes? That's my vote. If you if there's something in the swamp that you want to, to check out, though, we're closer to it. I think we should go to the village, but let's let's assume there's hostile elements on this island. Stick together. I suspect we're more likely to find in the village signs of where folks haven't been than where they have, but there still might be a clue. If nothing else, these Grindelow might use it to, to plunder resources from time to time, even if they just need cut wood or cloth or something. Let's get the boat ashore. Let's let's get it hidden. Start making our way in. All right, Captain. Let's make a plan. So the five of you start heading up. The ground gets very... Druka's uh, going in the up, going up in the trees and trying to move his way on that. I'm giving his rope monkey also works in those situations from what I read. Rope monkey might also make athletics if they fall. Uh, oh, that's good, Truco. We can uh, we can canvas more distance if we split up just a little bit. Yeah, that's just, that's just, what a Praxis friend would do. Just going a, a little bit ahead here, uh, just to have a okay. better view. So, is what's the general marching order here? So, Truco's up in the trees ahead. That's my intention, at least. Unless Dana says otherwise. As far as marching order, it was my understanding that we could follow that little river. Uh, the marching order, Who's? what's everybody's position? Okay, so we're on foot. Oh, it was my understanding that we could follow that little river in the in the rowboat. Oh, no. It, it's, it's very brackish, very narrow, and it quickly gets obstructed. Torlin okay. in the lead, Dana, then Ruskell. I've got my gutless out, and I'm just smacking uh, away the underbrush as we go. Dana would, path. Be, uh, Dana would be either wanting to either lead or bring up the rear. So. What was that? Truco, uh, Torlin, Russ, Dana? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Where's, also, where's, I would like to go Truco being Syl? a bit more stealthy than uh, the Syl other. Syl is between Russ and Dana. And who's hiding the, the ship, the rowboat? Because I remember for Dana to say something about that. Yeah, that we just pull it up, pull it up, hide it in the brush, you know, pull loose. Uh, Cut tails. With branches and, and whatever over it. So somebody can give me a support roll and somebody else make a I'll roll stealth support. roll to cover up. What's it to, to hide it? Stealth. Oh, stealth. Truka uh, uh, will help. Uh, right. Truka, you might want to lead supporting. that one. Yeah. Uh, that's we can a five. support. We can support Truco and help him gather. What should stuff. I do? Uh, Truco is a support role. Who's doing the main? Support roles come first. Oh, yeah, I ready to do the I thought, support. I thought Truco wanted to. Wanted I'll, to lead. I'll lead. All right, yeah. here we go. Stealth. My bad. <laughs> uh, that's a three. Well, in my shame. Three with a plus one. That's a four. That's uh, a yep. success. That'll do it. Okay. <clears throat> Truco, give me an athletics roll and give me a stealth roll. Alright. Athletics. That is a four, which I will any, why not? Now they have Elon, so that's with a plus two, so that's a four. Uh, I didn't that didn't count, but it's a, there's a four there. There. Uh, there's a plus two. 
There you go. That's a four. I know why that did. And then a stealth check. That is an A1, which I will Benny as well. And your edge helps with this, uh, Benny, a little and, bit. And that's a four with the Benny. Yeah, Elon adds a plus two to any rolls. That uh, I Benny. That he spends that's a Benny. Good. Yeah. Okay. So you can climb up up under the trees. It it's uh they're not super thick, so especially up high, they're they're pretty thin. So it's it's challenging to find a path that follows the path and ahead of everybody. But you manage to do it and do it as quietly as you can. So give me a notice roll, Truco. Alright. That is a two, which I will keep. Okay, you come up into the forest and kind of see this hidden a, a bit, kind of hard to see this very tattered tent structure wrapped around this tree. It's multicolored a bit, made out of a bunch of different fabrics, but you don't see anything or, or hear anything out of, out of the ordinary. All right. The tent is, or, or the, the thing that the thing you describe is, is like up in the trees or is like... In the, no, it's down on the ground. Down on the ground. So it's okay. kind of like... Tenting's been secured around a tree. Um, oh, all right. To create some sort of shelter. I will like signal the others, like there's something ahead. At least. Sure. Looks like uh, Druko's found something. Let's go check it out. Druko, what did you see up there? I go down. There is some kind of tent, like a colorful one. I believe that's the one that we saw before. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, we've been seeing those all over the island. Is it? No, you only you only saw one of them from up on the mountaintop. This would be the tent structure that you all saw from up on top of the okay rock top. Is there any right. sign of recent use? Not that I notice. Seems like a tent. That's as far as I can tell. Now, is this like a? It's a tent in a tree, like a treehouse tent. Or is it like a, no, a parachute fabric? It's, uh, it's like it's somebody down used a ground. large tree to secure tent structure and create overhanging yeah. It's like the main, like the main the like column is the like one tree. Then it's like a lot of... Yes, so... Well, this is... It's a mystery, but I don't think it's going to help us much find folks who live in the water. Torlin goes, looks I mean, around a little bit before we move on. Any sign of recent activity... Yeah, I'd be looking for slime trails because we know that Grindulo leaves slime trails as tracks. Okay. Dana, you can give me a survival roll. My favorite skill. Uh, and Torlin, you can give me a notice roll. There's an ace, a couple of aces. That's an eight for survival. And train. That's, that's the minus one. That's four. nice. Oh, golly. What's going on? I know. There's a whole lot of dice getting rolled. Yeah. Y'all will have to tell me something's been rolled there because Forge is messing up again. I just see a four. I don't know why. I'm pretty sure you got a success with raise. You got a couple raises. I'm not sure what the number was. So, Dana, you're looking around in the outskirts of the tree and whatnot, and you don't really, you don't see any slime trails whatsoever. The ground's fairly soft and a bit soggy here. However, you do see uh, a bunch of other tracks, footprints coming and going of unbooted humanoid feet. 
Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Torlin. What the... kind of feet are we talking? Like feet or human? What's the size of them? Boobs or yeah. humanoid, humanoid size feet. Okay. Are they um, larger or smaller than Ellie's? Dana's? <laughs> <laughs> Not inquiring about Ellie's foot size. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't know, Torlin, because you're, you're investigating something else. And that's the information you got from being untrained. She's not real skilled in survival, so she can't necessarily pick out finer details mm-hmm. of it. Uh, but she clearly picks them up. The thing that, as you kind of start walking towards the tree, Torlin, the thing that really gets you is there's a really strong stench in the air. It's, it, it smells like there's this weird mix of really cheap perfume and rotting flesh. There are rotting skulls hanging around Torlin that you see that are painted up with weird decorations on them. Understood. Rotting perfume, and this smells like one of those military balls that I had to attend. And Found some fresh tracks. The tracks, they do kind of, they go to the tree a lot, and they go off into the swamp in various different directions. In multiple directions? Oh, yeah. Hey, Truco. Come. Yes. What do you make of these skulls here? You, oh, that's... Can you make out any sort of iconography or anything? I can tell that it's a really quite guys... a nice place. It has a really nice decoration. Wait, you wouldn't build a summer home here or anything, but... No, I wouldn't, but it, it seems like this, this strange vibe. I don't know if you want to revive mm-hmm. people or something kind of vibe. You want to charge for that? That seems like... And, oh, I, I know that smell, but... A cheap perfume, yeah, I do use it. So before you get too close, Torlin, you notice some movement coming out, and you hear this low growl as something begins to start moving towards you from within the trees. Watch out. What's that? What? And with that, we will begin a combat. I see. All right. Duel. By the power of the cards, or the heart of the cards, that was the thing. Russ, six of spades or seven of spades? Let's go with the seven of spades. <laughs> Danny gets king of, king of spades, Torlin gets the eight of hearts, Russell, seven of spades, Truco, seven of clubs. So, Dana, as you're looking up, about to call out to, to Torlin, you see this movement from within the tent coming towards him. Just movement. I don't see. Uh, I don't see a creature or person. Uh, it's some sort of humanoid figure coming towards you from where you're at, though. That you don't have a clear. Uh, well, give me a notice check. Yeah. It's an eleven. Eleven success with the rays. You see something that looks through the brush and the leaves of the tree and everything like that. You see something that vaguely looks humanoid, but it does have very. Uh, Thin and sallow skin, haunted eyes, large teeth, and this tongue that's hanging out. All right. First thing I'm going to do is is invoke martial flexibility for uh, for Killer Instinct, which gives okay. me a free reroll on tests. And sure. I am going to move, if I can get a hold of my token here, which I can't. Click and drag. 
I'll use the arrow keys. One, two, three, four, five. And this will be this will be a test using intimidation to call out. We didn't start this fight, but we will finish it one way or the other. You can come out and we and we can talk, or we're gonna finish it the other way. Okay. Make an intimidation roll. Intimidation. This will be Ooh, an opposed uh, roll. Yeah, I'm going to take my free reroll on that. That was almost an ace. That's a two. Bumps, I'm going to Benny that. Well, your first roll is a five, so you do have a success. I thought it was opposed. It is. a. You have to succeed to even have an opposed roll on a test. So the five was a success, and that would be the target number for it to be. Unless you wanted to spend a Benny to try for something higher. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. I I spent one Benny. That's two rolls on this. I'll stick with the six. Okay. Uh, intimidation is a spirit. Spirit. Yeah. Pose roll on spirit. It got a five. So it's a success. Do you want to make it distracted or vulnerable? Uh, let's make it distracted. So we'll be distracted till the end of its next turn. All right, that's my turn. Well, I'm striking up that conversation with Truco and completely oblivious to this strange creature until Dana shouts out a taunt or an intimidation. Not sure which it was. Actually, there's something going before you, and you did notice the movement beforehand. Uh, I am oblivious. not surprised with this. (laughs) Out of the brush from a different location... You see come running this... this. Well, if I'm not surprised, I whirl around with my cutlass. This First looks strike. somewhat like... Not somewhat. This is what this looks like. Ah! <laughs> right. Some I think we of... found the bearer of the crystal shoe. It's it's Dana's it's evil s- fish person clone. Samba Gitano. So yeah, for the so listeners... That's not anybody we know, is it? No, this is this is something that sallow skin, uh, stretched thin across his face, super long tongue hanging out, jagged, sharp teeth and claws, as it comes running at you, in a very feral manner as it's screaming and hollering, charging right for you, Torlin. Your first strike is active. Go right right. I get a sense that they're not negotiating, Miss Dana. <laughs> That dress looks nice. I hope I don't damage it. <laughs> Give Russ a Benny for that comment. All right. This, I think I will re-roll that. That's a seven. I'll keep the seven. Seven. That is a successful hit. All right. Rolling damage. And that's a 14 oh. armor-piercing one. 14 armor piercing one. Yeah, all right. So uh, what do you do to this thing? I don't damage the dress. The tongue's just lolling out. I accidentally cut the tongue in half. It's unsightly. You weren't so oblivious after all. So it drops to the ground as you dispatch it. I was aiming for the tongue. It's your turn next, Torlan. Well, I guess I will go and engage here with our friend up in front. 
and take out my halberd this time. It, will that require an action to sheath and unsheath a weapon? No, and I, I would actually assume if you take if you have your halberd with you as a polearm, that's the one you're carrying. Well, I had the cutlass out for bushwhacking and all that, so wasn't ah, quite okay. prepared for this. But I'll take off the halberd there and give it a go. That's an eight to hit. I'll keep. That hits. Okay. That's a seven. I'll keep it. You have a blow that comes in quite closely to it, trips it up a little bit as it kind of stumbles forward, and it is shaken. Right. And turn. Russ. We're just going to sidestep up here and yeah, pull out uh, Kidu and Kidu and just fire a magic missile single right at a, the same target. If anyone, we will say, uh, yeah, if anybody is proficient in religion, you can make a roll. I do not think. I don't think anybody is. Anybody I don't get is. the prayers out of nowhere. And no. Uh, okay. Truco unexpectedly devout. <laughs> That's a one. So I'm going to claim my free evoker reroll. There's an ace on the d6 for a six after the minus one for fatigue. And I'll hold that. That connects. Go ahead and uh, roll for damage. It's not a raise. That is uh, an ace on the d6 for 11. And we'll hold that. 11. How how do you deal the... What does this look like? It's... Russ pulls it out from from the Han Solo sort of thigh holster and just fires one downrange. It shoots right through. Makes a hole right through the neck, I think. Okay. As Glass knocks it back, knocks it down to the ground. That was awful close to my scalp. Well, then one side will match the other. Is a question for the DM. Is Syl's lack of token here an oversight or is she missing? That is an oversight. Thank okay. you for that. Then well, I'm just going to do my usual call out of, is everyone all right? Let me, uh, Slippery Cell would have gone first. I'm a little bit unnerved. She just, got a, she just got a crossbow out and waiting on a target at this point. Though I would normally have you control extras in this case, since Slippery Cell is... Uh, so far has been a bit unwilling of a participant and you're keeping watch on her, I'm going to run Slippery Sill. Truco, are you doing anything? Yes, uh, Truco is, first of all, uh, in shock by the strange woman, zombie, red tongue person that appear next to Tolan. Just jump out and then after realizing the situation, getting a bit more in control, he's going to try and climb or maybe just take it one tree, just try to climb up the tent to give a, to have a better view in case something happens. Okay, make a stealth check followed by an athletics check. All right, first off, stealth check, and that is a four, and then athletics check, which is a seven. Okay. Uh, and my intention is to go somewhere around here. But yeah, up you can the make tent. it up there. Okay. And uh, okay. Go ahead and make a notice roll. Right. And that is a... That's an eight. That's an eight. 
get up well you kind of have to go over the 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 tent fabric right yeah. so you can't get a like, really necessarily good look in there well there's a couple holes and down over in this area you hear some sound and some further movement enough that gives you the impression that there is at least one more all right there's another one Chuka shouts and that's my turn i guess or i have a an action as well no i was gonna i was having you take the whole like the turn as an act your, your notice check was your action yeah that makes sense kind of get a good look right so yeah there's an uh, see another one come running out torlin and you are the closest target and it can actually reach you oh god it looks pretty much exactly the same as the other one as it comes growling out and spittle comes flying out of its mouth and whatnot that's a five what's your parry again my parry is a six i should have done a wild attack but i did not call it first so that is i'll spin a benny on that i should have done a wild attack then you would have hit me yeah no kidding that's a four that's not any good either so it misses just so goes um, so next round nine of clubs or two of clubs Russ nine please Torlin gets the king of hearts Russ with the nine of clubs your opponent nine of spades Dana six of hearts Truco six of diamonds Super Sill five of hearts anybody want a new card oh. I'm good no okay so Torlin you're up first Yes, well, I'm afraid of being hit in the back by one of those crossbow bolts. I'm cognizant of old slippery sill with that bow with the ready. So I'll defend and back away. And that's it. I'm just okay. uh, getting out of getting out of targeting range. So you will take the defend action, which is that one. It will try and hit you since you're leaving its attack range. But you have plus four to your parry now, so 10. That four does not even come close. Unlikely. Russ. Go with another Kidu. Send another magic missile downrange at it. That's a six. I'll go ahead and hold on to that. Okay. I'm not sure why I did that. Uh, but go ahead and hit. Go ahead and roll damage. That's a seven. I'll throw one Benny at it since I'm sitting on a few just to see if I get anything better. And I don't. We'll keep the seven. I'm confused why that says critical failure. So am I. Yeah. I'm confused as well because I just applied his role to the target. There's no reason I should have done that. So ignore that part. Seven is good enough. It strikes it in the chest. It strikes it in the chest and kind of staggers it a bit. Chest is smoking a little bit. But it is still up and active. It is shaken, however. All right, and no movement. I'm just going to hold position and turn. So it is its turn. It's going to try and unshake. Unshake is a spirit roll. Six, good enough to unshake. And you yeah, everyone see that? Sir Dwarf would be the nearest target. <laughs> well, we know what happens next. Yep. Make sure you target it first before you roll. Yes. Thank you for the reminder. Makes things easier. Mm, I will Benny it. I forgot my wild attack again. 
That's a 23. How about that? Does that hit DM? <laughs> what a question. Tempt, tempt not the DM. If he does that hit. Uh, that's good enough for a, a success with the raise. So go ahead and roll raise damage on that. Oh, I can't resist sometimes. That's an 11. I'll keep that. That is good enough. How do you want to deal a fatal blow here? Well, I've got my halberd and I'm just thrusting at its center of mass. Like I've been trained. Sure, and you just... Pure reflex. With the the spike tip of it, you just skewer it as it then stumbles down limply. Is that all of them, Truco? Is there any more? I believe there is that. There's yeah, you'd gotten a raise on your nose roll, correct, Truco? Yeah, I did get a raise. Yeah. Yeah, you were pretty sure that the sounds and everything that you heard was was just one more. And look around, you don't hear anything else. Seems clear. Everyone sound off. Calabari. (laughs) I'm here. The hell was that thing? What kyber was that thing? Let's take a look. I want to go up to uh, to one of the corpses and see if its feet match the tracks. Best you can tell, you'd say yes. All right. That's a nice dress. Okay. I'm really intact. Good job, Torlan. So from here, if anybody wants to, you can make a, uh, a, a reli- an untrained religion roll. Yeah, I'll I'll do that. I'd like to just give a cursory scan for magic items on him. Walk up to each corpse, look him over with the, that detect magic item. Bruskull, Dana, you said you were on the, the Karnathi front. Do they look like anyone you fought against? Do they? I'll go yeah. ahead and roll... Untrained for that as well. For Torlin's untrained religion, it's a seven. Yeah. Dana got a three, but Torlin's got a good question. Do they look like uh, resembling look like anything? anything you're familiar with? No, Dana. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like typical Carnathi undead. Two aces on the d4 for a six after all penalties. So the two of you are talking together, and it's, it's clearly not Carnathi undead. But what you can figure out, you hear stories of, especially the tongue is. Uh, a giveaway for stories that uh, you've heard, Torlan, and maybe some light training that you've had, Russ. You're pretty sure these are ghouls. Definitely form of undead. Feast on, feast on the flesh of the living. So you're quite glad you did not make a snack. They did. They did not make snacks of you. Oh, this reminds me of a tale of old Roradon and the great ghoul of Gorkolar. But I'll save you. I'll save you the details for now. I'm gonna get you the dent. So we've got we've got Grindelo who are said to to eat other people. We've got ghouls who you're telling me eat people. What's the con- what is the connection here? Sometimes they're in one. I would like to take uh, a look inside the tent at some point. Yeah, go ahead and uh, give me a notice roll to look around. Truco's doing that as well. He's doesn't going like seem, from the shine watch. The tracks anybody... that these ghouls were coming from or going anywhere in particular. Are you each making separate notice rolls, one helping the other? Either case, <laughs> I, uh, I know I'm, I'm doing a, a one for myself. Yeah, I think we're doing separate rolls since we didn't yeah, really yeah. announce supports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'll throw one Benny at mine because that was a three. And that's an even worse result. So one more Benny for fun. That's an ace on the D4 for a 
five after all penalties. So, so you're, you're kind of focusing around both on the ghouls for anything magical. And you're also looking around the tent and whatnot. You don't discover anything magical. Truco, you like looking around and like, there are swarms of flies everywhere that just really bother you a lot and you're not cool with it so you you know you don't really get a good look of anything going on here because you're really distracted and you know swatting at just they're just everywhere and you quickly move from the top of the tree get away i remember why i hate land well that's you don't find anything magical there russ however you do find a small chest underneath the tent underneath here there's just Stuff is just rotten. There's the heads that are hang up. They've been, you can tell they've been gnawed on a lot. Some of them are painted horrifically, almost made into crude artwork of some some sort. And the chest is not locked. Now, this is a new thing. Can you double click on that item pile there? And Kevin? I can see what's inside it. There's a, yeah. wow. All right. I'm going to make sure Truco doesn't see this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never get any of this. Y'all might want to come over here and take a look at this. Wow. What did you find, Russ? What is it? What is it? A lot of... of. It looks like a whole lot of people's belongings are in here. There's there's Galifars. There's there's some Silver Dragons, some Sovereigns. or Oh, those are Platinum Dragons. Uh, 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 Sil, do you want a fair share of the loot? You gotta join the crew. Sil scowls at you, Torlin. You look a little sweatier than normal. Is this your first bout of with the unnatural? Easy, Torlin. What 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 else did you find, Russ? Did there's a wedding dress in here. Okay. And wedding platinum. There's there is plat- a study here. Platinum uh, out here in the middle of nowhere. There's also there- some alchemist's fire. I think I found where the smell of that perfume's coming from. There's three daggers in here, and one of them looks real nice. Oh. Hey. Okay. Uh, hit um, flask, corset, some onyxes, gems. Describe the dagger to me. Does it have any interesting... Any symbols? Well, at this point, since he pointed out the chest, you can move your token next to the chest, and you can just click on click on the item pile yourself to be able to see what's in it. And if, there, if there's anything in particular anybody wants to take, you can take it. Otherwise, we can throw it all in the party loot. Assuming <laughs> you're taking it. Yeah, let's... Uh, we should take anything that's immediately useful. Dana would consider it uncouth to take things like this poor dead woman's wedding dress as random plunder. Indeed. She, I'm more interested uh, in as there, a... I mean... There is something else that I think that would be in consideration in Dana's mind, code of honor or not. You have a large ship now that is severely damaged and going to need repairs. That is very true. And I would say that we're definitely taking the coin. We're definitely taking the jewels. We're definitely taking the alchemist's fire. A wedding dress can be useful, depending on the situation. Now, uh, DM, anything that's in the description of these items, is that... It's accurate. ...stuff we are assumed to be seeing Uh, and realizing? Yeah, I I don't think there's anything in there that's... So as as Dana's uh, starting, um, yeah. So <clears throat> Dana, that wedding dress—it looks like a Thronish style. You see how those rubies are inlaid? I wouldn't know. 
but... How'd she wind up out here? Principalities. Good question, but here's what, here's what I'm more concerned about sifting through this pile of unworked ivory. Does this look like any of the kind of stuff Scrimshaw uses to carve? I'm looking for if there's anything belonging to our people in this pile. Give me a notice roll. Corlin, you saw some of Scrimshaw's carvings back on the Stormweaver, right? Oh, I sure did. But something else has got me bothered right now is somebody who's dealt in curses once or twice. Right, just a... There's a whole lot of undead hanging around this group of objects specifically. We won't stay here long, but just just help me out here for a moment. Mechanically speaking, I'm asking if you want to give me a support on my notice roll with the flavor that you've seen Scrimshaw carve her stuff. Yeah, uh, DM's fine with that. Yeah, always. Always a, always a fan of support rolls. That's an eight for notice support. Awesome. So that's a plus two to yep. Dana's notice roll. All right. Come on, big money. And dice that aren't disappearing. That's a good thing it was a plus two, because that pulled me over to a four. Um, that's success. No, these are pieces of ivory from some sort of animal. You're not necessarily sure what, but uh, Scrimshaw mostly carved on fish bones. Okay. Um, or sea life bones, turtle bones, the stuff that you caught. And these are not bones. Torlin, you don't think any of this stuff is actually cursed, do you? I don't know. Do I? I'd say give me an ar- arcana or religion check. Coming right uh, up. I'll assist on the arcana if you haven't rolled that yet. Tugger's already, already picking up something and saying, is it cursed? Let's and do arcana. <laughs> drops it quick. That's a four on the arcana for the support. I'll give you Benny for that. And I'll give, uh, I'm going to give Dana Benny for the flavor of Thorland known Scrimshaw's stuff. All right. And it looks like the plus one went through. So that would be a four. Looking at this stuff, there's, there's nothing about the chest, nothing about the items that would leave you, lead you to believe that they have been cursed in particular, to the best of your knowledge. Well, to the best of my knowledge, I'm just getting the heebie-jeebies, I think. Like you were saying, we should probably keep in mind the conditions of the ship and costs of repairs and all of that. I know, I know. So, no cars. Truco, Truco, pack up up what you can carry. Start with the lightest things first. We're going to, we might need that alchemist fire where we're headed. Uh, We gladly do that. Alchemist fire usually doesn't work. It's quite a really bad to use, but anyway, <laughs> it might come in usefulness. Also, um, that that perfume, it smells like a white vustrian. It's a Ondarian herb. It smells real pretty. We got a Thranish dress, an Ondarian perfume, and a pile of plat. Let's let's keep let's keep moving down the river and see what else we find. Are these actual barrels of this barrels of perfume? Yes, but not large barrels. More like little small, little tiny casks. Tankards, casks. Okay. All right. Still impressive. Seems like a party. The only thing I can think of. I mean, I also, um, from, from seeing the girls, well, they seem quite like well-dressed, right? Seems well, maybe no somebody one's... did build us. No, everything here. they were wearing was in tatters. Oh. Um, so it's kind uh, of... based it up on the can... picture. Y- yeah, you can give me a notice roll. Oh, sure. 
There's no leads here, fellas. Whatever, whatever happened the... here happened in the past. Yeah, we oh. gotta move on and, and find Sadara and uh, Scrimshaw while they're going to that. Why not? Just because. That's a four. Uh, which a plus two from the Elan, so six. I'd like to uh, take the, the Masterwork Dagger. I think that is actually an upgrade over my... I could be wrong, though. Better than your axe? Oh, no, probably not better than the axe. I was thinking the Tago knife. Mm. Is it better? Could be a great use for me as well. Uh, Maybe we can, we, can, we can bet over it. We can gamble over it if you want. No, you can take it. Go ahead. I got uh, other, I got other that, tools. Ah, that's no fun. But anyway, yeah. You're the one asking. <laughs> so you should be able to drag that dagger to your character sheet, Truco. I will try to do that. Dagger. No. Huh? No. 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 I can pick it. Take. There. there yeah. Uh, yeah. That there says none left. So. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's if, nice. Can I check those other two daggers? Actually, I'll, I would like to check all three for magic item. I was assuming that you were checking yeah, the magic, yeah. and when you open up the yeah. chest, you, you didn't get any sense that anything here was magical. Fantastic, yeah. In a, um, that's a good assumption. So is Torlin picking up everything? Picking up what's easy to pick up. Though. I mean, this stuff isn't going anywhere. We can come back for it. E- everything, everything actually is pretty, except the chest itself. Everything Understood. is actually very light. And portable for the most part. I'll put it in my knapsack and I'll put some of it in my beard of holding. <laughs> I'll take. I'm a, going to. Hmm? I'll take two of the alchemist fires. Yeah, I was going to say I want myself, Russ, and Truco to to, uh, to split the alchemist fires evenly. Torlin's a purely melee kind of guy, but sure. we might. So two for you. Yeah, take take yourselves each some of that fire. All right. So, all the you will so have we're to leaving, take this. Uh, yeah, I will. We're leaving the clothing behind. I'm taking the clothing, if no one else is. Dana, you're not wrong, Torlin. Just wish it was one thing we didn't have to to think about right now. But you're you're not wrong. Pack it up. Maybe while we're on the island, we can figure out what caused this this woman to come to such a fate and set her soul at ease do that as recompense that'll be good let's now let's go make sure that's the only memorial we need to have today let's keep, ah, down, keep following the river we will take our evening break here this is a good place right. to stop well, all right welcome back everyone so you all continuing following the path it's not much of a path so truco give me a survival roll uh sure uh, not proficient in survival, so untrained. Uh, not his keen element here. The streets are his element. Uh, and that demonstrated with a minus, like, negative one, which uh, seems reasonable for the story, so I would keep, at least for Truco's perspective. You're having trouble staying in the lead because you can't find the path anymore. You really lost sight of it. Was it this way? No, this way. You lose it's... their trail? No, no, of course not. I'm totally aware of my surroundings. This way, and I will just point out a random direction. Ah, he's found it again. <laughs> Let's go. I'm being deceiving here. Just, just Doesn't smell as bad in this direction. I'm good with it. 
still keep an eye out for any of those slime trails. The three of you, not including <laughs> Truco, can give me survival rolls. I so I'm give you a for a second. Hmm? I'm gonna give you a Benny for that. Yeah. I know where I'm going. <laughs> Dana's gonna Benny that zero. I believe I'm untrained. There is an ace on the wild die. That's a five for Dana. Sound of glass breaking. That's uh, well, that's Dana's ace. Yeah, it's yeah, a one for Torlin. I'll throw one Benny at it. I'm running low, and yeah, it's just gonna be yeah, it's a fail. I'll hold that. So sticking with your three, which is failure. Yeah. So <clears throat> you you wander for a ways through the jungle, and at a certain point, Dana, you realize, hey, you guys aren't following any sort of path. Not that there was any real clear path to begin with. But you're definitely like going through the jungle, especially when you kind of realize you're heading catch sight of the sun after a couple points and realize you're heading more in a northwest direction and really heading more north towards the ridge line, right? So you head more towards this direction. Do we start going uphill? And yeah, the the grade starts. It starts getting a little. The grade starts going up a little bit. I'd say by this point, Truco, you can take away your other level of fatigue from... Uh, it, it's been four hours since you last shifted. All right. Oh, wait. Truco, I know You already took that one off, didn't you? I did already. Yeah. Okay. So you still have your level of fatigue from lack of sleep. Okay. okay. Truco, I know this is your, your area of expertise, but I don't think we're headed in the right direction anymore. Look, there's the... Look where the sun is. We're heading up towards the ridge. The village is is back off to the northeast. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I totally meant to do that. Uh, all right, some... Truco, it, ha- it happens to everyone. It's all right. <laughs> let's let's just yes, uh... get back on course. Sure. Maybe he I can, maybe ha- I can go to the top. Fatigue, right? I can go to the top of the tree and see if I better have a better look of in terms of direction, at least. Truco is so, still fatigued, yeah? Yeah, I am. Right, you, um... Don't. But again, but the fatigue levels you're seeing, if I remember correctly, I described before, like everybody's run ragged a bit yeah. because it's been very stressful, hardworking. None of you really slept very well last night. When you left the ship, you did see a bit of improvement in him, but I wouldn't necessarily say that you would necessarily know that he is more tired than everybody else. Right. In, in case there needs to be a point of clarification here, I'm not asking this so that I can try to stop Truco from doing anything, but because it is fundamental to Dana's character and part of her vow hindrance to be concerned for him and put and put put herself in a in the more dangerous position if if she feels that's what's called for. So Well, given that information, one of the things I would say is glo- going through the jungle is slow going. Yeah. It's all pretty thick. The ground is very soft in spots, marshy, untoward. So it's taken yes. you a lot of time to go through here. And you figure it's going to take you probably another couple hours before you can even reach the village. I've got an idea. Assuming I'm, I'm told that this is going to take a long time. Whip out my harp. We aim, I'll start to, to strum a, a, an ominous ode. And say, we aim to head towards the village of dread and see what melody comes out. Go ahead and make a uh, roll for your ominous ode. 
Oh, I certainly will. Oh, it's no. a critical failure. Oh, oh no. So, Darla doesn't know that. That then means roll on the dynamic backlash. Oh, table. that's right. So you you strum your heart, and all of a sudden, there's just like something goes wrong. It it's not the answer, but just something goes wrong with the casting, and there's just like a shock of sound in your head, and you drop to the ground, completely stunned. And um, just like unable to function for numerous minutes. And that was like immediately after he started playing the harp that that this happened? Yeah. The sense I get when you play the the ominous ode is you pluck a a few notes. It's not like you actually are playing a song, right? I'm I'm plucking a a number of of chords and it's it's more like I'm opening myself up to creative (laughs) energy and it's being channeled through me. To yeah, play this music is improv, yeah. Yeah, and I, I would definitely say, Dana, you've been around toiling enough that you know that this is not any sort of normal result of his magical ability in playing. Something's gone wrong for him. Torlin, sh- shit, what just happened? I'm just slapping at his cheeks a little bit. Oh, but, Kyber, but... I, I knew this island was cursed. Cursed? Did one of my strings break? No, no, your your harp's fine. Did... I look at my harp. Is the string broken? It is not. Your harp's fine. The you you started playing and then it sounded awful and now you're th- then you just fell. Oh, yeah, that was so what, weird. What were you what were you casting? Oh, it was an ominous ode. I was simply going oh. to divine whether or not the oh. there would be ill before us here at this village. Well, I think we have our answer. Are you all right can, here? Can, can you stand? I'm not sure that it worked. Normally, I remain conscious. Got to be a lot of bad energy in that place. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, maybe you, would you would definitely know, Torlin, that it was uh, a result of something wrong, went wrong with the casting. It was not a result of the casting. I didn't get anything useful from from this. I'm not sure we can... I mean, it's ominous. That's to be sure. I'm as superstitious as the rest of you. So you... You didn't... You didn't get cursed or anything, right? Perhaps. Nothing came back to you? I knew we should have left this stuff at that tent. Yeah, maybe maybe the curse is what making us uh, get in a random direction and not knowing where we are. Here, here, let's... Let's get you up and I start helping him stand up. Russ, do you I know, Do you feel anything? I don't know how this works. I spot a no. monkey scampering by. Oh, it's the curse of Monkey Island. <laughs> <laughs> An 8-beat song starts to play out. No, there's no there's no ambient energy in the air. At least not what I can feel. Alright, well it's gonna... Are you sure you didn't just like play a wrong note or something? I cannot honestly remember. This has never happened before. It's got to be something to do about this place. Is, Look, um, is, your, is the it's, years? It's probably back. my technique. Let's just Old continue work. on. It's, we've we've got to exhaust all possibilities, anyways. I just. It's going to take us till close to dusk to get to the village. So let's keep moving. All right. 
Okay. So we know uh, our direction. We know where to go. Yes, I, I point into the jungle. All right. Everybody give me athletics checks. Sure. That is six. Oh my god, that's Five two. For Dana. What do we got for results here? Um, deciding if I want to Benny this. I'd be the only failure in the group if I don't. That's a five for Dana. I'm going to throw one, my last Benny at it, and there's an ace on the D6. Two aces nice. on the D6. Three aces on the D6. <laughs> four aces on the D6. <laughs> what even is All happening? Right. That's a 27. 27. <laughs> 27 from Ross. What did what, what everybody else get? Five. Six. Five. Six. And five, I believe, for Michael. From Torlin? Oh, yes. Would Torlin get? Five. Okay. So as you're bushwhacking through the jungle, you come to this place where this really salty and brackish river oozes through this the jungle. Um, it's quite wide. And Rusk discovers, hap- had almost accidentally that the ground becomes, it just almost sucks your whole foot down before you're able to pull it back up. And you realize that there's, it's almost like quicksand around here, trying to go through this really sluggish brackish river. Um, so it would be quite challenging to cross. Cross from the ground. So we've right? come to a natural barrier of sorts. Yep. Are there trees nearby? Oh like- yeah, you're in, the, you're in the middle of the jungle. There's plenty of trees nearby. All right. I can think of one way to get uh, through this. What are you thinking, Truco? Yeah, at least for me, right? I don't know for you guys, but going on the trees up, up there, you just You might be able to cut a tree down and use it as bridge. Well, that too is an option. Might not be suitable for that. Russ, you still have that hatchet? I I do have a rope. I can set up uh, one end of the rope. Yeah. We could rope up and try and find solid ground through the thing. Anyone gets in quicksand, we pull them out. More inclined to to have something to cross without going into the quicksand at all if we can avoid it. Truco, if you think you can set up a rope bridge, that'll save a lot more time versus cutting down a tree and dulling Russ's axe in the process. I don't know how much rope I have. We're out of time. Um, I'm going to take out my wand and I'm going to blast one of the trees near the base. Nice. Towards the uh, the quicksand side, just key to fire a magic missile right into the base. Right, nice. I'll give you a penny for that boldness. I'll go ahead and mark off a PowerPoint. So we're uh, we're doing we're lumberjacking by magic. Russ is out of patience. It's okay, he sleeps all night and he works all day. Um, Wear so, high heels. Um, yeah, make roll a hit. Okay. Um, or make an attack roll with your with Kidu. I already did do the mantle PowerPoint management. So it's an ace on the nine. D6 for a nine. And we'll hold that. So roll regular damage. Regular damage. That's a mere four. I have never attacked an object <laughs> so in Savage Worlds. So you're aware objects have a certain hardness to them. You uh-huh. have to beat that hardness to destroy it. However, the thing with objects is they generally lack 
vital areas. So raises don't apply. Do I spend this Benny that I just got? <laughs> I think I have to. With two D6, I can get better than a four. That's an eight. And I'll hold, well, I have to hold that. I have no more rerolls. No more Bennies. <clears throat> so you blast the, the this tree at the space. Give me a notice roll. Oh boy. It's an ace on the D6 for a six. Okay, so so in your haste, your aim was true of getting the, the tree shooting it in the right direction. It takes a little bit, cracks down, falls over, and seems to cross most of this river. I'll take it. That solves it. I just, After seeing the display yeah, of... I step back a little bit as this thing just splinters down across the river and just look yeah, over at Russ and nod approvingly. It is Russ definitely is, not a clean break. <laughs> yep. Russ is going to hop uh, up on the, the the fallen tree and just look back at everybody go, Timber, and start <laughs> walking down it. Naza. Man is getting big for his britches. As we begin <laughs> to hop up between this epic display and and Torlin having had some sort of weirdness, I, I'm still not convinced wasn't him getting cursed. My dragon mark starts to Starts to flicker a little bit, not casting, but I'm going to feel a resurgence of energy and get five power points back from a Benny here. Okay. And everybody make athletics checks. Don't fail me now. <laughs> for real. The six for Torlin. Man, being Benny dry is a fear that I have not felt in a long time. <laughs> Why is that? Why do I have all those negative modifiers? I tell you, the biggest thrill okay. is shorting powers without bennies. I'm gonna reroll. <laughs> I'm gonna reroll my athletics. So Torlin got a six. Uh, got a six I got as a well. seven. Dana also has a six. Okay, yeah, everybody's with sixes except for Dana with seven. Uh, you cross over the street. It's wide enough that it's not too. It's not. Un, it's not unsafe. For the most part, you do need to balance a little bit, but there's no real difficulty. You cross over to the other side, continue on, and you eventually, as the trees kind of break, kind of come out onto the coast a bit. Uh, onto, it's not quite beach land, but the water is, waves are crashing up quite close to rocky interface. You give me a survival check to get your bearings. I'll lead this. You want Does us any- to support you? If I would love so, some support. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Or I can I can assist somebody else. I'm trained in survival. I, I don't think anybody else is. I had no idea nope. you were trained in survival. Yeah, if you're... I'm picturing that you're just kind of leading the charge after this. We're going to blast this tree. Let's go. And I'm just letting you take those... You know, let you take those reins. So I'm going to support you on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, you should have let it. Clearly. Well, that's three. Uh, that's three points of support for you with the twelve. Nope. Max of two from one source. Oh, well, darn. So that well, you rolled a still... twelve. Okay, nice. okay. Well, okay. <laughs> we are Never on mind. a team. Uh, we are on a team. So twelve plus the two max for support is a fourteen. Cap and Bucky. Add well, it again. to be clear, it's you can get a maximum of four in support. Oh. A maximum of two from one source. Got it. Well, nobody else supported, so it's yeah. a 14. So you catch sight of where the griffin is, really get your bearings, and can tell just 
heading west to, to effectively to your right, just down the coastline and the villages should be right down there. Which you get, which you eventually get to, how is your intended approach? Like what's, what's the terrain surrounding the village? Is there a tree line? It's, is there brush? It's all jungle. It's, it's all jungle. jungle. Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, working, working along the coast to keep our bearings is what I'd say. And, and keep to the brush. Let's, let's see what we can get eyes on before heading in there. So you're kind of trying to sneak in? Yeah. Okay. Everybody make a, make group stealth roll. Everybody roll stealth. Oh, I'm feeling a little light on my feet. That's an 11. <laughs> Seven. Even as angry as Ruskell is, he's got a four. Wow. That was a, was a group stealth roll, so you've got more successes than individuals. So you come up pretty stealthily using the cover of the brush because there's a lot of it. There's really not any beach to speak of here so much. Although it does open up into a little bit of a, an open beach where the village is. And give me notice checks. Oh no. Critical failure. That's an 11. That's a 10 for Dana on the notice. It's only a two for Ruskell with no reroll. Now is Ruskell angry about us not finding, getting lost on our way to find Sindar, or is he just angry at the rubber trees? It's It's been taking long enough that, like, Ruskell's patience is wearing thin, because there's people that he cares about that are lost, and the, I think the, the distraction, or the, the detraction, is starting to weigh on him, and so he's getting antsy, agitated, if that mm. makes sense. So Syl rolls a 10 for this nose check. Took us really tired. <laughs> he's starting to see things that are real. Yeah, so thank you for that. That that triggers something. So yeah, Truco's really tired. He's had a long last 48 hours and, and hard work before that. Stress and everything. And at one point, you, you trip over a root and stumble down onto the ground and twist your ankle slightly and a curse and that and looking okay. around and just really not present. You focus on yourself quite a bit, which right. is not uncommon ah. for Truco. You'll be at a minus one to athletics checks. Oh, sorry, was, was that like he fell over the tree or something? Fell over root. He hit a, he hit a fucking branch. All right, all right, easy. I mean. So, Dana, you were, what you noticed really in particular is none of the sounds around here change at all, right? You still have the crashing of the waves. You still hear... You know, the, the seagulls that are around, the wind through the trees in the jungle. As you near up the vi- village, there's no new sounds that really emerge with anything. You do see some mud huts beginning to come into view. Torlin, you catch sight of the mud huts sooner, being more in the front. And most of the structures are collapsed, various different thatching built with logs, but they're all pretty collapsed and you don't see uh, a single sign of activity or people or life for that matter of a human or village nature. I mean, you still see the birds and the seagulls and everything going around, but there's nothing here that gives you any sort of impression that there's even anybody here at the village. 
The ground is is rather damp. No footprints. Nothing. Well, this is these were the nose checks as you were coming up to the village. Since okay, it we're like not in the kind village of yet. Up and look around. So okay. you haven't gone into the village yet. But Understood. From where you're at, you don't see any signs of life whatsoever. Well, this might uh, this this might cost us. What do you mean? This might. We're we're here now, so there's no sense in not making a quick sweep, but just a quick one. Uh, DM, what time of day is it? It took you. Let's see. Left the ship. I think we established around ten. Sailing over one. Say it's probably around three or four. Okay. The ship's still out on the reef. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at least we're not marooned. We're not. But it's going to start getting dark in a couple of hours. We got to keep going. We haven't uh, we haven't found Sadara. We have torches. Yeah. I know. I know. We're here now. Let's do a fast sweep and then reassess where we're heading next. All right. So you're heading in. So you're heading in the, this little fishing village, and they're all just really rudimentary mud huts and whatnot. And you see no signs of life in here whatsoever. In fact, you probably don't even think that it's even been, it may have not have been inhabited for decades. Right? There's, it's not that there's no recent activity. There's been no activity in a long time. Here. A lot of stuff is overgrown. There is a pathway that does lead away from the shore into the swamp and jungle. So like a pathway that goes through the village into the jungle? South. South? No, from the from the village, heading south into the jungle. Does it look to have been re- any recent signs of use? Give me a survival check. I'll assist on that if I can. Yeah. Uh, all right. Rolling first. Ace on the D6. Very nice. That's a 10. All right. I'll nullify the uh, the negative from untrained at the very least. Did that not roll? I didn't did see, not any see any dice. Did roll? not roll. There are the dice. Uh, and it did not apply my plus two there. Yeah, it did. Because you're at a minus two, mm-hmm. but you got a plus two, so they cancel out. So what did you roll is what you roll. Yeah, that's a three. I'm gonna Benny it. Still get the. I still get the plus two on my reroll. Yeah. Yeah. Let's throw Benny at it. Oof. We do any better? Got a three. <laughs> yep. Got to throw my last Benny at it. That is a five. Better. Good enough for something. <laughs> you see, for the most part, looking around the whole area, you you don't see any recent signs. However, you do find coming from the beach side a set of tracks, humanoid booted, that spend a little time in the village, but then follow along the path down into the jungle. Booted. Yeah. Uh, did any of the Grindelow we killed, were, were they wearing, any of them wearing boots? Remember the picture that I showed you? They have octopus okay. tentacles down for their... Yeah. Well... I mean, they could be usually like... This... If they're not intelli- intelligent enough. Well, maybe we really shouldn't eat them. Yeah, we, 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 we <laughs> do hands. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. This is... This wasn't a dead end. This could be... This could be Sandar and Scrimshaw's trail right here. Maybe they got away from the Grindulo, Should but be. we've got we got boot prints headed into the jungle. I think Russ's ruthless kicks in. He's gone. 
We need to get back to the jungle. Okay. I mean, driven would make more sense, but I think in this case, ruthless is is close enough to mm. to Russ, be impulsive. Russ, do not stray ahead. Stay with the group. We don't know what's in there. I think Russ is going. On the, we need. We have to I get can, back I can in. I give both of Benny for that. I'm just gonna swear very loudly and run after him. But we, I wouldn't have we normally just, let your ruthless apply, but given how you described his state of mind and where he was in with the dream, it totally fits to me. I'm going <clears> to, <throat> yeah, I'm just going to run after him and hopefully catch up. Yeah, but we didn't even I didn't check the sense the, he was running. In. He was just heading into the jungle. So catching up to him, I, I don't. It's, it's a power walk for sure. Yeah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to slap a hand on, on Russ's shoulder and say, Russ, you, we are going down this path. We are finding them, and we are finding them together. It will not serve them or you or any of us for you to go off on your own trying to be a big damn hero. DM and Ellie, can I ask for PvP in this case for either an intimidation or a persuasion check versus Russ's spirit? I want a, an okay for at least from Ellie. I'd prefer it to be role played, but okay. if this is a situation where you got nothing, then I will then I'll PvP it with you. I think um, what what I hear and what he's asking for is that he needs a, a die roll to see how Russ is going to respond to it because yes. Russ could go a couple different ways. Yeah, and I'm fine with that if you want to do that. Yeah, I'm not I'm not looking to to draw blows here. Even even the ruthless is still Russ is not going to come to violence over this. I really just want to see if he's going to calm down and fall in line or be still yeah. super sulky about it. Yeah. What I, I, like what I'm trying to convey to Russ is that he has the luxury of being single-minded. I don't. And the rest of us don't. Um, and that's what I'm trying to get him to see here that we've got a big picture. Mm-hmm. I know you're worried, but you got to keep your head. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really just asking this because I think this is playing into to Russ's Ruthlessness, ruthlessness a little bit so there is a sort of uh, a character flaw that he's trying to work through here I would like Dana's assistance to help us right. work through All that right. flaw um, and again this is this yeah. is technically speaking PvP so if you don't want it then I'm totally fine not having it for this um, for this I will I'll help you out with that because thanks. it's yeah. it's helping grow role playing it's not just for shits and giggles right yeah, so absolutely uh, i'm just trying to think if if coming the way this is to me it sounds uh, like intimidation gonna, what's that to me it sounds like intimidation cuz i take intimidation as not necessarily being a commander and ordering people and that's what i'm hearing that you're doing is you're trying to give it like a clear direct order to russ yeah. that to me that's like, much more intimidation than yeah, it is. Yeah, ultimately, I am trying to calm him down. But I'm trying to. I'm definitely trying to calm him down forcefully. That said, yeah. yeah if if they, yeah. what I heard sounded like intimidation, but I also Ellie didn't know that I was going to ask for this role, so she might see a, a sort of like fury or anger in Russ's eyes, and if she wants to play to her persuasion, which I know is a stronger one, I'm more than willing. Oh, actually, to... I think her intimidation is higher. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but I'm charismatic. So like oh, that, true. that would also be a factor, you know, where my, my first response holds that's latest play to, you know, grab his shoulder and be like, no, you need to, you need to think of the big picture and what actually is going to help here. And if he, if at that point he's going to turn around and I see what is in his face, 
then yeah, it would shift to trying to calm him down more gently. Okay. Make it, if you would though, make it an intimidation roll. Okay. Because how you started it, because I think that's Russ, Russ is trying to see how he responds to that initial thing. You're going to see the fury in his eyes one way or the other. All right. And this okay. is, you want, you, you're basically asking me to set a TN against your spirit. I would assume this would be a, an opposed, opposed with Russ's spirit, or if DM wants to yeah, say it's, it's, it's a, a TN4. A All right. Here we go. That is a seven. Hmm. This... This is pretty important to Dana. I'm gonna, I'm gonna well, Benny just in case. There's the next reaction then, right? This is just, just the initial thing. Well, your choice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. You have a seven meter beat of seven, Russ. I have a minus one to spirit rolls. So, whoop, whoop. oh yeah, because of your your trauma. Yep. Yep. Uh, that's a two. So I would take that. That's essentially, if it was a test, she would have got a success with the raise. Mm-hmm. So she would initially see the fire in hand, but take that into consideration for your response there, Russ. Yeah, I think Russ has no choice. He has to to calm down and, and fall in line. Like, what do what do I see? Is he responding verbally in any way? What is What does this look to me right now, having a hand on your shoulder and trying to get you calm down? With the, with a success and a, a raise on top of that, then Russ goes back into to military mode and deep breath in, straightens the shoulders and gives like a solid nod to Aya, Captain. I nod and I don't quite let go of your shoulder yet. Just keep breathing one foot in front of the other soldier and I let go. Sorry, I got a, a bit ahead of myself there for a second, but I know back on the mission. It happens to the best of us. I know. You good? I'm good. All right. Lead the way. So I clearly gave the bennies away prematurely because I'm not going to give you two bennies for essentially the same interaction. Did we already get Benny for this one? Yeah, I gave you bennies for the end. Yep. Russ's initial pass and you're like chasing after him being a commander now. Um, And now I'm I'm following through with being a commander by putting my faith in him. Keep leading us through. This is important to you. I trust you take the lead on it is, is what I'm getting at here. All right. So are you just following the path now? As long as the booted tracks keep going, I'm going to, I'm going to ride that survival about as hard as I can. Right. Okay. So since Dana's the one that did the survival before you make your own survival roll on this. Okay. Trying before en- entering the jungle, we'll probably say, but we didn't even inspect the village. We, we just come across here all this we got to get back to this fuck and he's just like an adolescent just looking up and saying fuck and just getting back into the jungle with them. Yeah, how, how much in the process of Dana actually finding those tracks how much time was there spent in the village five or ten minutes it's not like yeah. you just went in turned around and left um, yeah okay. I was intending to not be more than ten minutes when I said quick sweep just search for basic signs of recent use satisfying enough to Torlin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Five on the survival? Sure. Yeah, so you're following the tracks. And we'll say, since you do have some experience, some training in survival, it's not extensive or anything, but it's certainly more than uh, Dana's half guesstimates there. As you, you can follow this a little ways, but then, of course, because it's largely, you know, jungle is not really the correct term. It's more, much more of a swamp in this area. And 
tracks start getting disappeared very easily with it because of the waterlogged ground. But you do determine fairly early on that who the tracks that you're following is one person, only one person, not more than one. Shit. But they are following the path. So by the time you lose it, you're just still on the path. And the path is much easier for you to follow than clearly it was for Truco earlier. I mean, this is probably... Only- Why are we stopping? What'd you find? They just end. Tracks end. Do they end because the ground is is too soft to hold more tracks here, or...? Truco, why don't you get up in one of those trees and keep an eye out? I've got a feeling so, this might be someone we're expecting or is expecting us. Yeah, let me let me be clear in my, my description. is The tracks overall disappear in the nature of the ground. It's not like they just suddenly disappear, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So after a while, you may just see like one boot print here, one boot print there. It becomes hard to follow. But you definitely follow along the trail far enough that you can tell who, whoever you're following is following the path. How fresh are these looking? Russ, can you uh, tell how recent these are? I'll take a look. Probably within 24 hours. Yeah, that's, they're less than a day old. All right. Let, at, no signs of dragging? No. It's still There's the best lead we've got. It. You you would likely just continue following the path, assuming that you'll find the trail yeah, again absolutely. when the ground yeah. gets in better condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's chase this path. So again, you come to that brackish, salty, swampy river that's quicksand, and you actually see these pylons going across it of where there was probably once a bridge, but it's no longer there. But the, the pylons are very intermittent and very far first apart. They're not necessarily, you wouldn't get the sense that they're very safe to cross. Any more trees? Yeah, you're in a, you're in a jungle and swamp, definitely. Rusty able to build us another bridge? This is getting to the swampy area. To, if the ground is soft, did we see any sort of tracks in this area? Pick up the trail again? No, it's, it's very watery, so it's the thing that will okay. actually make tracks disappear very quickly. Because the ground ground won't hold a print and it'll just fill up with water. We kind of rule a cooled it last time, but if DM's willing, I'm happy to do more lumberjack by magic missile. If you want to try that this time, or you can just... or I mean, it, uh, yeah, actually, I guess that's a better question. Is the the poles the the posts are probably interspersed, but can we still cross it without doing a, a arcane lumberjack? Truco would definitely think that he can cross over above the canopy, above the thing, and string up a rope someplace as a swing or something rather than a bridge. We might just be better with a a tie line. Might be faster. Right. Truco, you're up. All right. Uh, Truco seems a bit less... Need any extra uh, rope? If you can handle some, yes. I can do this cool request for trade function and put my coil of rope into your inventory. Okay. Um, no, I don't want. I don't want to trade with with Phil. I want to trade mm-hmm. with Ernesto. What? Would you not now like you... me or something? <laughs> I don't trust your your ability to to get me safely across these this quicksand swamp. But do you trust Truco, Truco for that? Oh, completely. <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay. I'm that. 
Yeah, that that's uh, part of something I'm really kind of aiming for as a, as a general vibe with how Dana leads is that she leads by building up the people beneath her by putting trust in them and letting them do their thing. Because so give gonna, me an athletics check, Truco minus yeah, one. Yeah, before that he's gonna like like stretch his shoulders a bit. Oh, uh, I also have a grappling hook if you want it. <laughs> Would that help? Ah, no, that that won't be necessary. And Truco's gonna like stay in force and just like shift form and just like start to climb up a tree. Yeah. Since it's been four hours, right? So I can I can do that without having a fatigue. Oh yeah, you can. Right. You can shift now if you want to. Yeah, so I will shift just for this. So there will be, you mean an athletics roll, right? Yeah, athletics roll. Which will be a, a minus one because of the broken ankle, I'm guessing, but a plus two because of the climbing from the shifter. Shifter ability. And I will also give you a. I'll let you. I'll give you another plus one from the rope monkey. Okay, sure. So that's a plus two then. Yeah, plus two. Uh, so I roll, and that is a three, which I'll be Benny uh, with Elon now. So it's eleven. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So you get up, no problem. Are you trying to tow, tie a swing in, or if I, I a the, swing would be the easiest one. The pylons okay. aren't necessarily yeah, close swing. enough that you can go from one to the other. Yeah, a swing. Finally, now strangle enough branch. Sure. Uh, Tighten the rope. Dana, Russ, and Torlin, give me athletics checks. Uh, narratively, Dana's going last. Notice checks? Athletics. 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 It's a six, and we're holding. It's an 11 for Dana. Or for Torlin. You all have no trouble getting over. Russ continues to lead you on down the path. After about another 45 minutes, you come back to the tent that you were at earlier, and then just pass through it coming on out, eventually back towards the big beach. And give me another survival roll, Russ. All right. As you're looking for more tracks, right? Yes. That's uh, two. I will throw my last Benny at it for a three. And I have nothing left. So you're coming out. You have a, you can't really pick up any, the trail again along the path, but you do come out. It is... So it was about three or four. It's closing in towards sunset, but there's still plenty of light out. Light out for probably another hour, hour and a half. Which direction would you all like to head? Has the path forked or is it still going in one direction? It'll go in one direction. Essentially, the ways you have is you can head towards over this, head over towards the beach in the field, down mm-hmm. towards the south, or you can head up the ridge line to the palisade. I think we split up. One person goes over there and meets us up at the palisade. I don't think that those. I don't think that unworked, overgrown field is gonna is gonna have much more than the village. It will. I say we stick together and go up the ridge. We should have been covering more ground from the from the get go. Really, should have been. But we don't have any way to communicate with each other. We've already gotten into one fight. Distances are quite quite small right dm that is now on the path it's only a half mile yeah travel through the jungle and the swamp took a lot more time now that you're out here into some more it's still very wooded in here but it's not nearly as difficult as anything else so 
traveling up to the ridge line. Considering you would change the elevation, if you went, well, give me, give me common knowledge rolls. All of us? Sure. Just kind of so get a sense of where things four. are. That's a 13 for Torlin. An eight for Dana. One from Truco. Truco's tired. He's not thinking of these things. Yeah, he's just, uh, I, I don't know why I roll, but. <laughs> so basically, particularly you, Torlin, you would think if you went to the field first and checked out the field, then went up to the Palisade, by the time you got up to the Palisade, the sun would probably have set already. Okay. However, you think you can probably make make it up to the ridge line, and there still may be some sun out. Here's what I suggest. I'll run ahead. I'm still feeling all right. It's only uh, maybe from from our overview up on the rock, it seemed like it was only a, a half mile or so from here to that field, from the spot where the paths fork. I'll do it once over. I'll come and I'll meet you at the crossroads. We got no way to communicate. Running ahead with the chance of getting in trouble isn't going to help us extract anybody who needs it and just make give you more odds of being one of those people we need to get out. Either we all go the field together or we all go up the ridge together. Every minute counts here, Dana. I know. Hey, We've got D- the manpower. Hey, DM, yes. uh, we've never talked about cantrips. Is there a way to say Russ might have a cantrip that's a form of magic missile that just fires off a light, a signal flare? Sure. Um, yeah, that, and, fits, that fits within the cantrip effect. You've read what you've read the cantrip section. Yeah, this, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, you have to base it off of a spell that you already know. It has to be like a minor version of the spell. So yeah, something like a signal flare that Russ could fire and like choose the color of when he wants to to fire it. Yeah, like um, the sparks thing from Harry Potter. I'm going to not make a lot of friends here, but I haven't actually watched the Harry Potter movies. But I'll take your word for it. That is okay. I would totally take away all your bennies if you had any left. But yeah, some kind of basically a signal flare or something that he sure. can shoot up in the air, choose the color of. So if anyone should split off, I should be the one to to, to go off and, and go by myself because I can communicate with you guys. I can fire a, a spell off in the air, green flare for all clear, red flare for combat, send help. If the fields are as... I can go with Torlin and then you guys go up to the Palisade. Well, or vice versa. We should cover all bases here. If we can save a little bit of time, that's another minute that Sandara has and Tamroth have a chance of being alive. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. Also, Just we the, have the alchemy fire. We can set the fire also to call each other, but that's maybe not useful. Right. But Ruskul, are you good for a push? I'm good. All I'm right, so Ruskul, we're heading up the ridge. <sighs> and we'll so about, about how long about how long you think before we start keeping an eye for your signal sundown when when the sun crosses the horizon fully if you haven't seen a signal by me or haven't heard from us then we're in trouble the goal is is we meet up at the fork all right so it it sounds to me like russ and torlin are going to the fields we're double timing it and yeah we're gonna run ahead although i i don't know why Dana and Truco couldn't also double time. Truco is like two two fatigues, right? Oh, yeah, I have one. You have one. 
Russ has one, one as at well. At this point, everybody would kind of consider everybody's as, everybody's as tired as everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I, I still think the, the splitting is not a bad idea, but we might want to modify the, the plan if the, the fatigue was the consideration. Yeah, that's why Torlin suggested himself. Yeah, so I think Russ and Truka will take the, the fields. Everybody else goes to the Palisade. But I think we might modify the plan and say that I think the assumption is that we're not going to find anything at the fields. So Torlin and Russ will catch up to the others at the Palisade. Does that sound like a plan to everybody? That sounds like a plan. So it's, more terrain. So it's Dana and Truco and Sill that are heading up to the kind of directly towards the Palisade. Correct. Yep. Torlin and Russell are, are taking a, a diversion to the fields. And so Torlin and Dana are heading more like this then, right? Much more uh, direct? Yeah, the or, other three are, are heading. Yeah, we'll take the path. Truco and, and Dana. Truco, Dana, and Sill. Okay. What pace are you setting, Dana and Truco? That's fast. Um, that's I'm, right, I what, you know, if, yeah. yeah, I'm setting a, a moderate pace walking as fast as we can because if we do find something up on the palisade we're probably going to want to wait for us and trying to catch up anyways also my thinking is i don't want to get too far ahead of them in case that flare goes up red modest power walk however you want to adjudicate that and truco or russ and torlin are at least like jogging Yeah. yeah right okay And before we go, I think Russ is going to give Dana three options. Green is, we didn't find anything. All clear, heading towards your location. Red is, we're in combat. Send assistance with all haste. And yellow will be, we found something, but it seems safe for now. Come at early leisure if you haven't found anything else. Okay. After that. So you guys hustle down the path. It follows the beach, so the going's really quite easy as you all move, as you two move down the beach. Start weaving through some of the palm trees. You know, the palm trees definitely have a bunch of coconuts on, and you see a bunch of crabs on the beach dealing with the coconuts. And you notice, you both, well, give me notice rolls, both of you. Which, both of Russ and Torlin. Okay. Dorlin has a five. Um, I'm going to go for a, a Benny on that. What's your plus one from? Oh, it's still sitting in my thing. Uh-oh. Oh, that's it didn't a, clear that's out? That's a ten. No, it didn't clear out when I rolled. Interesting. Okay. Uh, six for Ruskell. So apologies okay. if there was some successful rolls. I should have failed. Ah, too late now. It's all good. So as you come down, Russ, you begin to see something as you're getting closer to the fields. You see the fields are overgrown with some sort of corn that really has grown incredibly wild. That's swaying gently in the breeze. And you catch sight of some strange, towards the outskirts of it, you see what looks like maybe a spear or a pole with some sort of ball on the top of it might might be a head or something. You're not exactly sure from this distance. You can't quite tell. This pole that's out with some sticks on it looks like maybe somebody tried to create some sort of scarecrow or something. And Torlin, as you're running through, you 
take a look over towards the beach and you actually catch an incredibly large crab moving towards the both of you. You know, yeah. about the size of a small pony. Oh, geez. Are we, are we still in, like, trees, brush areas? Like, would the crab be able to chase us through the trees? Well, we will resolve this as a quick encounter, so you can determine what you want to do in that regard. Do you want to stand and fight or try and climb some trees or, or, or do something in that regard to get away from them? Is the, is the crab large enough that I think that might work to get in uh, some area that he can't get through? Well, I, again, we'll do this as a quick encounter. So this will just resolve the whole encounter. I think we stand and fight. Yeah, I mean, Me this thing we is going to chase us all crab. around. We can take a crab. Famous last words. <laughs> Watch out. It's doing its honor pose. Do massive damage. <laughs> Wanted to check for a moment because I wasn't sure if action cards were rolled with with this or not, but they're not. So we're good there. So your intention is to stand and fight. That's what it sounds like. Yep. I imagine Russ is going to be using his wand. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we're just like watching this thing charges sideways on the beach and just like, what's the plan? Frisco, I get in front. Distracted. And with that, you notice a second one coming in from the other side. <laughs> it's a pincer attack. <laughs> that was so bad, I am going to give you a penny for that. Man, that was... Flip uh, him on his back with your thunder wave. He'll be helpless. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Torlin's standing and fighting. Sounds like a fighting role. Yeah. Russ is spellcasting. Yes, sir. So, success here. You will succeed in the counter, but you will end up taking the level of fatigue. A success with the raise allows you to avoid any fatigue levels. And, of okay. course, failure may result in something more. Or we could but try to intimidate them. One role will determine this whole encounter. Wait, one role? So, like, should I assist? Should I no, assist Torlin? Or is it, like, one role for each of us? One roll for each of you. Got it. All right. So your roll determines the effect that the encounter has on you. His roll determines the effect the encounter has on him. All right. righty. Here comes a fighting roll. Oh, man. With a raise? That's a tall order on a D8. Yeah. So it's, it has to be a success on a raise, huh? Is it a contested roll at all? Or no, just target number four? It's not contested. It's a four. I have no bennies, so we're going to have to hold that. I'm going to re-roll it. That's a four. I'll do another. Unless I get a free re-roll from Evocation. but Last one. Here comes a crit fail. Yeah. All right. So there's a seven. almost a raise on the D8. Seven is the final answer. Yeah. Does Russ get an Evocation re-roll on this one? Uh, yes, you would. Okay, well then we'll get that free reroll and it's going to be a crit fail. It's not, but it's going to be a four. Okay, so Russ gets a four, Torlin gets a... Seven. Seven? <clears throat> okay, so so we'll say you take uh, expend two power points, Russ. Sure. From the blasting of magic missiles. You fire off magic missile, take taken out one of the crabs. Um, it proves to be surprisingly hardy, though, and still comes comes after you. 
slashing you just a little bit before Torland's finally able to take him out. But then Torland's ganged up with the other one that's coming, but manages to fend it off before it gets too dangerous. And this one actually, instead of killing it, you eventually drive it off as it's clear that they came expecting easy prey and you turned out not to be that easy as you were uh, going. And then they, then you seem to be left alone and taking a look on the rest of the, the beach, none of the other crabs seem to be that big at all. These, these two seem to be very much an anomaly of what's on the beach. Uh, but you do take a level, both of you take a level of fatigue from bumps and bruises. All right. Very well. Let's continue on. And so, yeah, coming up to the edge of the field, you do see that whatever this thing is, Russ, it's a makeshift scarecrow, except it does seem to have somebody's actual head on it. It's very old and rotten. It's nothing new. There's a bunch of flies and gnats flying around it still. Well, that is exceedingly morbid. That was strange. What a strange practice. I've never seen anything like it. So are you guys going into the field? This could be a warning. We should probably still take advantage. It looks old enough that whoever put it up probably doesn't live here anymore. I won't be scared off. Right behind you. I'm not scared. Oh, no, no, no. I don't I don't get the impression that you're scared at all. You are the face of bravery. All right. If they, carved, if they carved your face into the side of a mountain, it, it would, would be called... nothing like that, Scarecrow. Let's go. No, it wouldn't. It, <laughs> it would be called the Mountain of Bravery. <laughs> so the corn here is really wild and overgrown. It's a good eight feet tall, and you guys disappear into it as you go in. Give me notice checks. Could be a record for for rolls in a session here. That was a one from both of us. Yeah, dirty ones. We're we're exhausted. Oh, I'm both out of bennies. <clears throat> All right, maybe we don't yeah. have to look too closely. <laughs> it's getting dark, anyways. I'm not sure I'd want to be out. I've got all of this cursed equipment. So, Truco, Dana, give me notice rolls. We are still, like, power walking? Yeah. Okay, that's a four. Sil gets a five. That's a three. Oh, yeah, so Slippery Slill comes with us, right? Yeah. I'm going to Benny that three. That's a four. Good enough. Can't do anything anyways. (laughs) You start climbing up the base of the ridge. You reach a... end up crossing a path that's on its way up. It's pretty overgrown, but it's still somewhat visible. And the sun's heading towards the horizon, but there's still plenty of sunlight out. And all of you at one moment, you hear from high up above on the ridge line, you hear this scream of pain and horror. And that's where we'll end the session tonight. All right. Oh, I'm no. Gonna... Oh. This it's is the part ringer. where the captain That's... says, I that was told awesome. you so. It's the cliff screamer. Yeah. <sighs> so, uh... She would say that if I could hear her. Oh, no, she would absolutely <laughs> say that. If She would prefer to say that if you could hear her. <laughs> so and... thank you, everybody, for listening to Savage Tales of Eberron. Morning, Zalar. 
Listen in next week to see what our intrepid group discovers. I'm Kevin, and I played Ruskell. I'm Michael with the newly chastised Torlin. <laughs> nice to hear with Truco. And Ellie with Captain Daniel Lazani. I'm your Dungeon Master, Philip. Thank you again for listening, and hope you'll join us next week. And have a good night. Good night. Have, have fun storming the Palisade. Ha, <laughs> ha,